What's up, Joe? Hey, buddy. How are you? I am good, man. You're vertical. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, still, I'm liking this phone to screen thing this Try way. Try turning it sideways. Or does that, that old No, I messed it up. Oh, yeah. That's disappointing. No, I like it. I switched to the other camera so it gets a little bit more of a zoom in on me. Um, but yeah, no, it's easier. It's faster too, man. It's like, wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, all right. We're so live. How about you, man? What'd you do all weekend? Uh, what did I do this weekend? Edited, edited shows. So I got, uh, this one's a good one. You people need to watch this show because the, the potential here to make some serious fucking money is tremendous. That is not financial advice, but I will tell you that this dyad protocol, um, it's going to blow the fuck up because the power behind how this thing functions and works is unbelievable. Just absolutely amazing. Um, so this is essentially a um, algo stable coin, but it's technically not an algo stable coin because it's completely collateralized and it's completely collateralized by ETH, but it's, it's controlled and stabilized by um, what are called, they call DNFTs. And the DNFTs are a completely um, gamified system that ties the stablecoin DYAD uh, to a, a, a point system that your NFT has for earning the DYAD. And um, the system automatically burns and then replenishes DYAD that are attached to your NFT. Um, and based on how much DYAD you have in your NFT tied or associated with your NFT, as well as the XP associated determines um, how much more you earn. So um, the lower you are in the ranking of NFTs in terms of points and DYAD you have on a, on hand, the more points you earn to climb up the bar. So there's, it sounds confusing, but he'll, he doesn't, we go really in depth, really in depth on this protocol, uh, on this interview. I really encourage people to, because not only is it powerful for the potential for people to earn money from this system, because the more volatile that Ethereum is, the more people are going to make holding these NFTs. But it's also powerful from the perspective of projects thinking about how they are setting this thing up. So it's going to be radically decentralized. Um, there's no mint price for the NFTs. You just have to put up uh, 5,000 for the initial DYAD attached to your NFT. And um, the amount, if it takes off, like I expect it will because of the gamification of the system of holding the NFTs and how you hold DYAD attached to the NF uh, NFTs, um, if it takes off like it possibly could, the NFTs are going to be worth a shit ton of money. Just, again, not, not financial advice. Do your own research. But the model is absolutely amazing. So encourage everybody to check it out. So that's what I did this weekend. I edited uh, some episodes including mm. that one. So, you know, it's interesting to see this, you know, the stable coin one again. I, you know, I don't know if you saw the press on Ave. Yeah, and their stablecoin, stable uh -huh. but it's over collateralized, which is where I think this space needs to go. Um, if you want a true stable coin, because look, if like with Dyad, he's pegged, he's like stable to ETH. Yep. So if ETH goes, goes down, like say BTC went down, which was the backing collateral backing for, you know, our favorite stable coin disaster, um, it created a run. So I'm kind of curious as to no, what protections they have. Not in this case. In that case, when the when ETH goes down, the DYAD attached to your to your NFT is burned. When ETH goes up, it is minted. Um, it's a dynamic process um, and automatically always matches up with the amount of um, um, associated DYAD for what's in the market. So it's actually um, there is no um, bank run. Well, God knows if it is or isn't, but from everything I understand now about the protocol, there is no 
possibility of a bank run on this stablecoin. So it's not technically an algo, although there's an algorithm uh, uh, that allows it to be autonomous and function. The algorithm is just tied to burning and minting DYAD to balance out the price of the stablecoin. But it is not one where, uh, like an algo, where they pump more onto the market in order to uh, decrease the price when it's overpeg and take more out of the market to uh, increase the price to have scarcity when it's underpeg. It, it doesn't function that way. It functions out of a one DYAD always equals $1 of ETH and it dynamically adjusts based on that. Bold statement, Brad. We'll based see how it works the in the real eight. world. Well, watch the video. No, I will. But has it been stress test yet? Is it it's deployed? not even launched. No, no, right. it doesn't That's what launch I'm saying. November. We haven't seen it run yet. So, oh, well, of course not. Look, there are all kinds of other things, smart contract risk, those kinds of things that could happen. But when you understand the model, you'll see that it doesn't function. Like the the only thing that can be dumped, like say by initial investors, the people that buy the first NFTs, the only thing that can be dumped are the NFTs. But the dumping of the NFTs does not impact the price of the DYAD um, on the market. Anyway, is I, there a, does it have to be an external market to sell that NFT or you burn it yourself on the website? No, you you sell it on OpenSea, wherever. It doesn't matter. OK, so if there's a market for it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, listen to the interview. I, I'm just I'm I'm totally blown away and I'm going to do everything in my power to have one of these NFTs when he launches. I will tell of you. Of course. That. I understand. So anyway, a uh, great guy, uh, really brilliant, comes from a hardware engineering background, been in crypto for a couple of years. Uh, just really brilliant approach to the model for this thing. So I encourage everybody to check it out. And then Wednesday, uh, my interview with Jackie and Yev's coming out on cooperatives. So um uh, everybody should take a listen to that. And if you're thinking about founding a project, both of these episodes um, will have some good things for you to think about. So I highly encourage that. Highly encourage it. Uh, Joe, before we have a guest coming on today, and there he is. We'll get him on shortly. Sean, we'll get you on in just a little bit, buddy. He's signed in as resident Maxi. I love that. That's awesome. Um, 23,242 and 1662. So we took a little dip over the weekend. Um, fear and greed's down to 33 on Bitcoin. And I found an Ethereum fear, fear and greed. I'm assuming it's based on the same data, but I can't find any data on it. But it was at 59 yesterday, down to 49 today. So, um, you know, we're taking a little dip on the fear and greed index. And uh, we're bringing Sean on today because uh, he... Um, he actually believes we have a long way to go down. So, um, yeah, then, as always, it's, you know, it's timing. I mean, yeah. you, you guys are all talking about that fractally October, November stuff. I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out since September is normally the down month. Yeah, um, I think that um, this is more about economic factors. I uh, had a pretty extensive conversation with Fred, one of my business partners, uh, on Friday uh, about it. And, um, you know, there, <clears throat> I, and we'll hear what Sean's opinion is and why he thinks what he thinks. Um, but uh, Fred is very much of the uh, mindset that, um, you know, massive recession. Well, Fred's been saying that for a year. Um, well, he has. He's been predicting that it's going to come. He has. Well, been doing that. I can say that, too. Uh, massive recession. Yeah. And then yeah. in three years. Oh, gee, I was right. You know, it's like it's I don't know. I don't. um to me, everything I see in the economy now, he's coming from a Euro European perspective, though, too. So I could see why he might be more cynical just because of the euro dollar parity now. And, you know, we talk about that where the capital flows. And I think that, yeah, Europe is at more risk uh, than we are. So, yeah, there, there might be something there to what he's saying. Well, he's he's basing it on the uh, on the economics of what are happening right now worldwide and primarily on um, on you know, the Fed in the U.S. So anyway, no, I'd love we'll, to hear that analysis. What's that? I'd love to hear that analysis. Oh, he puts it up on his, you can check out his Twitter feed all the time. Um, he talks about it quite a bit. Talks about, you know, the unemployment numbers and everything else that's going along with it. But, you know, 
I don't, I'm not sure anybody actually really knows what's going to happen. So, um, and I sure as hell have zero expertise to say what will and will not happen. So I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like saying, you know, you can speak with optimism about things like say an investment opportunity, like a play, a protocol like dyad, but you know, with global macroeconomics and the 18 billion variables involved, it's very hard to really forecast where stuff's going. Absolutely. But, you know, and from what I see to me, and I'm coming from a U.S. perspective, that the capital is getting sucked out of the rest of the world into the U.S. economy right now. That is what's happening. So in the other markets, yeah, there could be problems. But at the same time, European exports are cheaper. So there's so many like interwoven things that it's very hard to make like a pronounced prediction in this space. But sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I like that's why I never will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Vitalik over the weekend tweeted, this is so awesome. Why do maximalists keep picking heroes that turn out to be total clowns? And he's talking about Michael Saylor. <laughs> Again, Michael, we've been saying this for three years. You know, Michael, it's like anybody that knew him in 2000 knows this. Already. Yeah. So he gave this interview, Sailor, where he was calling, he was basically saying that securities laws are based on the Ten Commandments and Ethereum is unethical, but Bitcoin isn't. And so he wants to see, you know, the SEC go after Ethereum. And it's just, you know, it's just, he's such a fucking clown. And I love that he was talking about ethics. And, and I tweeted, I said, you know, Sailor's probably the last guy that should be talking about ethical considerations when it comes to finance. But uh, anyway. Well, look, all you got to do is Google up MicroStrategy and SEC. And I think it was the year 2000. And yeah. put Sailor in. You'll see exactly what they did. Um, yeah. It's about as, I don't know, I don't like to use nasty words, but it's about as deceptive as it gets. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's why I said yeah. So one more thing before we get to Sean, uh, quite a bit of discussion this weekend uh, from <laughs> from this account about uh, uh, one of the one of the big Chinese miners who also forked uh, um, Ethereum the first time into ETC or was a big driver behind it uh, is now saying he's going to fork off the merge. So essentially create will have then Ethereum Classic. Ethereum one, which would be the, the one that stays proof of work mining, and then Ethereum proof of stake, Ethereum two, the new version of Ethereum. Now, what's interesting about that is there are people trying to maintain that somehow they could um, they could uh, maintain all the protocols on the chain, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there's a bit of a clusterfuck that goes along with this because you have stable coins like USDT and USDC. You have people locked in lending protocols. You have There is absolutely no way that it won't be total chaos and a complete dump in my mind of everyone dumping those coins. The good news is we'll all get a few bucks of free tokens out of it to dump on whatever exchange decides to support the ETH1 proof of work version. So anyway, there was quite a bit of discussion going on um, this account, Galloway, I guess it's Galloway. I don't know how you pronounce that. Cap yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, was going off about all the considerations and was just kind of saying, here's all the things to think about. If this does happen from an investing and trading perspective, um, are there impacts on ETH2? Um, are people going to potentially get screwed? Um, will there be people buying the token? And what will be the impact on the ETH1 proof of work token, et cetera, et cetera. So just something to consider. One thing they did say is um, if you are going to take part uh, on the ETH1 proof of work, that you should do a new wallet or that you should do uh, a few uh, transactions uh, post fork on uh, ETH2 um, because otherwise uh, people could potentially drain your wallet somehow or another. So uh, anyway, let's get... Wait, Go good question. No, I got a couple questions for you, Brad. Um, I probably won't have the answers, but no, you might. Start. You okay. might. No, I'm. What I'm curious about is, so all the people that bought STETH or whatever to oh, load yeah, up, that was one of the issues. Yeah, to Go load ahead. up the nodes for the merge or whatever. Do they have ETH one at this point, or is STETH going to be ETH two? They don't have STETH. Would be ETH two, but the interesting dilemma on ETH one would be. 
if you're holding STETH, you can't, there's no, there won't be a proof of stake to get your ETH back. So yeah. if you have STETH and you want to take advantage of the fork and have some extra ETH, Ethereum, then you would have to back out of the STETH, you know, just before the merge, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, and that would yeah. only be if you were liquid staking. Um, but if you're regular staking, you're locked up anyway, so it doesn't matter. So anyway, it'll be a bit of a clusterfuck if the developers try to do this. There's just been too much development on the chain for them to try to maintain it. So I think. A lot yeah. Of people, yeah. I mean, this might be fueling into Sean's 300 to $500 discussion. <laughs> I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think, I think Sean's on the economic factors, but let's bring him on and see. Right. What's hey, up, buddy? Hey guys. How you doing? Oh good, man, man. Good. look at that. He's got the fancy mic set up going. I didn't see that. Dude, that's been there all the time. <laughs> oh, I, all right. All right. How you How's going? it going? How's it happening? Not bad. I've got some Floridian friends visiting me at the moment, which is kind of a, a small world, isn't it? Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Where, where in Florida are they from? Uh, Orlando. Oh, okay. My my family just got back from there. They were there two fri since till Friday. So I'm introducing them to the power of Guinness. Oh, well, that's a good idea. Is that... Uh, uh, that's a, for, for us Americans, that's a, that's a strong taste. There are a lot of Americans that like Guinness, but you know, not well, it fits the fiber diet, right? Uh, you, you know, so, so how's everything treating you? Yeah, really good. I'm bored. Um, the market's boring me at the minute, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready for the next cycle. So. I'm expecting the next cycle to kind of kick in like this year, early next year. So I'm going to go back um, building a mine or planning to build a mine at the minute. Oh, um, shit. So going back to going back to that. Same as ever, man, you know, developing algos, running algos. What was the uh, what was your impetus for the mining? Because you think we're going to have another up cycle? Is that what you mean? Uh, we're definitely I mean, we always have another up cycle. Of yeah. course. I mean, I mean sooner than later. If you look at um, if you look at um, the cost of mining equipment at the minute, um, it's 25 percent you know, of what it was during the bull. Nice. So nice. If you want to, I mean, if you want to get into mining, now is a great time to get the toys. Obviously, I'm in Europe, um, so we have energy issues. So we're looking at wind, solar as as the um, rather than the grid connect. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I, so, I have a secret passion for mining anyway, but, um, oh, so this isn't, this we're, isn't, we're, we're uh, I'm running next spring, summer. This isn't, uh, hey, I'm going to set up a couple of machines in the basement. This is a full blown mining operation. I, I, I never do things by half, man. <laughs> breaking bad, <laughs> breaking bad operation. <laughs> you know, either the plane crashes into the mountain or it gets me to where I want to go. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really awesome. Yeah, I've had a buddy that's been uh, here in Florida, been mining uh, a lot of Ethereum for the last couple of years and, and has made great money on it. Um, I haven't talked to him to find out what he's going to switch to, though. I need to call him up and see what he's what he's planning. So, yeah, I mean, there's uh, a few, there, you know, ETC, that ETC pump is like, you know, any of those kind of S or these, you know, forks that may or may not happen um, will always provide some um, something. I mean, I'm obviously I'm mining Bitcoin, so it's all ASIC stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think I think the timing is right to take up. I'm ex still expecting some more downside, but uh, maybe some more miners to go under as a result of that. But it's kind of a nice time to start um, looking at it and and kind of phasing it phasing phasing and we've got to build like a big solar and wind farm and all that kind of crap yeah that's like a major that's what i mean by this is a major undertaking if you're building a frigging solar slash wind farm dude well we we, we got the land now we just have to do something with it. holy shit that's <laughs> awesome that's yeah. phenomenal hey yeah. sean just real quick how does solar work and say like you know with british isles climate i mean my, we make the assumption that there's a lot of cloud overhang. Is that all neutralized now in the new gear, or is it a, is it a truth that you have to account for? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like it this, you know, if I put us the same solar panel here in Dublin versus where you guys are, I'm going to get you know fraction of the of the power output. But the cost of solar panels has plunged so far, and also because we're an island, if you combine solar and wind, you actually get a nice balance. Oh, so, okay. So um 
you know, it won't, it, you know, for something like we're looking at, what we're really looking at is the real expense of these kind of renewables or batteries. So mm. we're looking to do this batteryless, i.e., when the wind is blowing or the sun is shining or, or it's daylight, um, we will operate, and when it's not, it will shut down. Because if you include the cost of energy storage, um, it's not so attractive. Uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Wow. So, I mean, energy storage has, you know, maybe five to seven year life, they say, or probably less, but is the most expensive part of any of these systems. So the beauty about mining is you can switch on and off. Sure. So um, the numbers look good for it. And, and, and again, look, it's, it's a very simple game, this, you know, what's the trajectory for the fundamental asset? This is a good time to buy. Even yeah. Though I think there's more downside. Shit is cheap. Um, but ultimately, it's it's a leveraged long Bitcoin, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Bitcoin, of course. Yeah. If Bitcoin, you know, goes to three thousand dollars. This was the dumbest idea I've ever had, <laughs> and, and I've had some dumb fucking ideas. Believe me, <laughs> <laughs> this will go straight. To the <laughs> That's great. Um, and is this something where you would be? Uh, Stacking it, or, or is this something from a, I, an investing perspective? I, I mean, I only sell Bitcoin to live. Yeah, right. I mean, right. we bought the land with Bitcoin. We'll buy the miners with Bitcoin. But I never depreciate my stacks. If I need to go and spend money, I have to increase my stack by the amount that, that you I'm want to spend. spend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Right. That's great. That's, um, the idea is definitely to to um, to. Um, um, use it as a as a longer term. It's it's a nice um, it's a nice business if you can get in at the right time. If you know, if, fundamentally, look, mining is very simple. How much of the toys, the electronics, they're cheap, and then what's your energy? Outside right. of that, you know, it's no different than a sandwich making factory. Yeah, what are your input costs? What are your output costs? So um, this is a decent time to start. I mean, you can buy. You know, uh, miners now for forty six hundred dollars, twenty thousand to twenty five thousand a year ago. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. And and look, I think that that's a product of kind of most of the miners were living hand to mouth, right? They were, they they had to dump there. They didn't have. Well, I, I think a lot of the stay. publicly quoted miners were were on the basis that they couldn't sell. Um, okay. It, and so what you had is it's a proxy investment in Bitcoin. So right. if you invested in one of the mining companies, their basic thing is, look, we'll use this for operational costs and so on and so on. And the value of the mining company should should correlate with Bitcoin. And again, like everything in this game, the, what happens and what looks cool in a bull market really doesn't look so well in a bear market. <laughs> but, you know, this is it's it's also very simple if you're if you don't get freaked out about it, you know. Yeah. Who said it? You know, buy when there's blood in the street. Yeah. Absolutely. No, this is the right time. It certainly seems like it. All right. So speaking of blood in the street and the downside, uh, let, let's talk about where you, th- how much more blood you think is coming. Can I share a screen here? Somehow? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Down at the bottom. There should oh, be sorry. a share button. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Share a screen. Um, we tried to make it simpler, but we couldn't figure out a way. Easiest. Oh my God. Um, Oh, like a window. Okay, sorry. There I don't want go. these ultra-wide screens. That freaks me out. Okay, so that should right, be showing. Me, I'm going to add it. There yeah. you go. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I was texting you and listening to, to, to you guys. And again, I'm not looking at economics per se. Um, obviously, macro has an impact. Um, um, and we do have high correlation at the moment between the crypto markets and... and and so on, but but we've also had serious recessions, if you want to call it, or price action in Bitcoin that doesn't correlate. Sure. So, so one thing I would say is that just because you may think the U.S. market is bottoming, okay, don't assume that the correlation that's existed for you know the past year and a half will continue, um, because we have had. You know, most of the times when Bitcoin has gone through its usual move, um, you know, has been in the last, well, obviously only the last 10, 12 years and, and the markets are up only. So, right. um, 
I'm not sure that that we can assume positive correlation. Okay. Um, there, there are a couple of factors that, that, that really alarm me about the market at the minute, which are data driven. So um, first of all, you've got to ask yourself the question is who's buying this at the moment? Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, what you would want to see in terms of a bottom forming are long term or cycle length buyers. Okay. Right. And if you look at um, this, um, this is um, institutional fund holdings um, from the start of the last cycle. Okay. Okay. And what you can see is that basically um, funds were buying up to the May top. They didn't sell. We've got a little bit of a blip down here, which was the um, the Tesla unload. Okay. But in general. Um, the amount of Bitcoin held by funds has remained flat. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of great. Nobody's really dumping in scale. What's bad news is no, there's no indication of institutional buying in the market at mm. scale. Okay. And if you look at institutional buying and the bull market, the huge impulse bull market, they're highly correlated, yeah? Makes we sense. Talk, um, and then we went into trader games, okay? And we don't have it. So I, I would just say that, you know, and again, none of this is financial advice. I'm just trying to raise some red flags that from a different perspective than macro and, you know, always correlated. Um, the second kind of concerning factor um, that everybody's been talking about how deleveraged the market is. Unfortunately, the data doesn't support that at all. In fact, we're currently at all-time high leverage on exchange leverage um if you look at so obviously the the black line here is price and the blue line is estimated exchange leverage and that's estimated by dividing the open interest on contracts or the amount of chips on the table in play by the amount of chips on exchange and if you look at the kind of may reset you're getting down to a reasonable level of leverage Right. But we're levered the fuck up here. Yeah, right. Um, and you can see that we're, we're not. Now, there's, there's an argument that, you know, coins continue to flow off exchange and hence that this is a slightly exaggerated um, thing. But the fact remains that the CEXs are showing effectively all-time high leverage. Got it. That's never a positive sign. Hey, quick question, Sean. Is that leverage like the total of the longs and shorts, or is that um, – how do you read that data? Okay, so so one of the things to understand about the, the, the most liquid instruments on the market, these uh, per perpetual contracts, which is all you really need to look at, are, are always one-to-one long-short. There is never a long-short imbalance. Okay. There are synthetic contracts, and literally for every short in existence, there's a long. So, you know, when you see people talking about, you know, oh, the shorts are, you know, the market's being heavily shorted or long, it's pure horseshit. <laughs> every single long has a short. Yeah, because okay. when you see funding rates, I mean, that's what like funding rates are trying to get at. And I don't, how do you? Well, the, the funding rate measures something completely different. Okay. okay. So, so the reason that you have funding rates in these synthetic contracts is to force convergence between the contract price and the spot price. So, okay. for example, if the contract price is above the spot price, okay, then longs will be paying a premium, will be paying funding to give a financial incentive to converge the contracts. If the contract price is beneath the spot price, then um, longs will receive a financial and shorts will be paying. So funding rate is literally that calculation. Again, one of these kind of things that's never really understood unless you go into deep. Funding is only about convergence between, is only about the differential between the perpetual contract price, the simulated futures price and the, um, and the spot price. That's so the funding rate, the funding rate almost indicates which way it's getting ready to go in a short term move, because it's it, sort of like where the imbalance is. But like you say, every contract has to be matched up one to one. 
yeah, somebody has to have bought it. I, again, I would be slightly cautious about using funding rights. In if you look at the bull run, mm-hmm. first of all, the other thing to understand about funding rights is that they're biased to shorts. So okay. if you take most contracts are paying zero point, are paying paying every eight hours. Um, neutral funding, i.e. on average spot equals contract, is shorts getting paid 0.1%. Okay. okay. So there's literally a, a, an offset to shorts, um, which you need to consider. So zero actually means is actually, you know, <laughs> is actually doesn't mean zero. Zero actually means that, that longs are getting an advantage. But you can also look at the, you can have extended periods of funding um, for months. Yeah, if you look at the bull run, shorts are getting above par basically for a year. So mm. what it indicates is that the, the only thing it indicates is that the people playing the perpetual contracts are more bullish and bearish than the people playing the spot market. Uh-huh. And you, That's can interesting. Into, you can read into that what you want. Right. You, that's you know great. I mean? that, that's literally what this stuff means. Funding has nothing to do with the number of contracts in existence. Longs equals shorts, or except on ship connects, but they're not perpetual. But again, ignoring that, on on every perpetual contract, you know, on every exchange, longs equals shorts always. Um, and funding is simply a mechanism to cause convergence between contract and spot. Uh, so, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean it's without signal. Yeah. But, but, it, but it, the signal is not as simple as people think it is because you can go for six months, a year with one side or the other um, being something and, and probably ultimately then the price reverts, but probably ultimately it would have anyway. Because everything reverts. It, it's almost like the, perp- the perps or that funding rate number is almost like say that you... I would think would be the more sophisticated traders and then the spot traders would be more of a lot of, you know, heavy retail. I'm not saying that no retail is sophisticated, but I'm saying a lot of sort of the following members of say the herd. I, I, I would say that the degen traders in this space are all paying perks. Okay. Because they can get leverage. Um, you know, um, I, I would say that, you know, I, any young traders I work with, I always say, look, <laughs> You know, you can play perp contracts, but, you know, you can have leverage less than one, and that's probably a good fucking idea until you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and there are advantages to playing perps, like, for example, the funding rates and, you know, blah, like yeah. the nuances. But I think a lot of people misinterpret the signals or try to read into it without, you know, my analogy is always, look, if you're going to fly an airplane, yeah, you probably know what most of the buttons and knobs do in the, con- in the cockpit. When people decide to play perps, they ignore all that and just click the upside <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a great idea. Okay? No, no, no. Suicide rod, um, basically. <laughs> um, so, again, you know, as a, as a warning is the wrong thing, but as a, as a bit of a red flag, the fact that nobody of interest is stacking and the market is highly leveraged. Perpetual contract markets are at higher leverage than we were at the ATH should be giving people pause yeah. concern. And again, you know, hard, hard data. If I look at um, fire charts. Um, oh, that looks familiar. Yep. Um, again, an excellent reference point. And you zoom out. So again, a lot of the problem where people get caught up in, you know, the, my, myself as well, by the way, I'm not kind of going. And we look at the two interesting order classes, which notionally called the purple being whales and the brown being mega whales. Um, what you can see is some, something really interesting here. And in the flat 30K range, the last range that we had, the mega whales basically got the fuck out. Okay. And they did it very smartly. They got out without impacting price. They use all the available liquidity um, and they're continuing to get out. Okay, so they're continuing. Now, Counter to that, the whales have a small amount of uptick here. Yeah, so the right. whales are demonstrating an interest in this range, um, but to date, I don't think it's that much different than, than you know than than anything we've seen. 
Um, and also we have, this is Binance Spot data, we have CZ um, giving free trading. So that will impact this a little bit. Yeah? That makes sense. Yeah. No so, fees. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a great opportunity to wash trade here. And I'm not saying it's happening, but but there's a great opportunity to wash trade. <laughs> Um, never, you know, never, never, never. Not in any way suggesting that's happened. It's, it's like put up the sign, off. wash trading welcomed here. Um, so there's a couple of slightly conflicting data here. Well, well, not slightly, completely conflicting data when you look at order flow. Um, and worrying hard data elsewhere, yeah? Yeah, yeah. If this is truly the bottom of the market, and that's what I wanted to come to, is to say, what does the bottom of a market look like? Because if you're a trader, okay, you, you really, the, the macro trends, the intracycle trends are important. So when you're in a, you know, from the bottom of, of a bull to the top of the bull, you're in by the fucking dip, yeah? Yeah. And when you're going from the bottom of the bull to uh, or the top of the bear to the bottom of the bear, you're in sell the rip. Yeah, these are just basic bias, yeah? And so um, there is nothing to suggest in the data that the market has bottomed, okay? Um, and then you can get into more chartist and technical analysis of this. So this is the first time in the history of Bitcoin that we have lost the 200 weekly moving average. Right. <clears throat> the 200 weekly moving average has been the generational buy always, okay? If you bought the 200 weekly moving average, basically you're fucking rich. <laughs> um, and we've lost it. Yeah. And we have not regained it. So again, people go, these are very laggy indicators, but, but the point I would make very strongly is that larger money flows on these types of signals. Yeah. Okay? So... Um, there is there is some definitive there is a definitive difference about this bear market in Bitcoin, and again, I'm not interested in S and P or anything else than we have ever seen. Even in the COVID dump, we never printed a candle beneath the 200. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is the gold standard of buying in Bitcoin. You buy the 200, you've done well. We've lost it. We haven't reclaimed it. Okay, so that's different, which means that this is likely to turn into resistance. Makes sense. Okay. Um, the other question then, you know, again, purely structural, um, I would say that, that in any type of a structural trade position like this, um, you have certain technical structures. I won't bore anybody, but, but we have a perfectly formed um, since May last year, so what a year, year, year and a few months. Okay, I perfectly formed what they call extended flat correction. I won't go into it. Extended flat correction to textbook, and an extended flat correction always ends to date. Okay, with one more leg down. So we have some technical support. Right, okay. makes sense. And I would liken. Technically, the current situation, very similar to this 47K test that we did here. Okay. Um, so that's why I would urge some caution. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, makes sense. Also, then, and again, I'm, I'm not saying this isn't the bottom, by the way, because there is a case where this could be a bottom. But what I would also say to people is forget intermediate bottoms. They're relevant. Yeah. If this is a bottom, it should be the bottom of the cycle. We right. should be basically going, this is, we, okay, we've had our 200 and, you know, two years up and then two years down later on. And then you have to go, what, what, what does the bottom of a cycle look like? And I'm not just talking the chart pattern, I'm talking time, okay, and range. Right. Because what happens at bottoms is that the smart big money is accumulating. Yeah, it's going, we need to accumulate for an extended period of time to, to hoover up without impacting the market. So we need to, you know, this concept of accumulation is that you're, you're buying in a range. You're not buying aggressively enough to force the price up because you want to buy more. So you're accumulating in a range for a move. 
Um, if you look at so at accumulation times per cycles, you're looking at 20 weeks here. You're looking at where are we here? Let's measure this out. Um, you know, 20 weeks here. Um, COVID dump is different. I'll come back to it. And we're currently six weeks into this. Makes sense. Okay, so so if this is the bottom, I'm expecting that we would print a range here for way, way longer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because that's how that's how accum again, I need to be very specific, cycle accumulation happens. If it's accumulation for a smaller move, like we saw here, then it's gonna be less time because we're accumulating less, yeah. Right. Um, so again, a word of caution that when you're looking for a cycle bottom, okay, you're looking for months of accumulation, okay? And you're looking to be pinned in a range before finally they set it free. Now, these are L or U-shaped bottoms, as they're called, where it looks like an L or it looks like a U. This is unclear at the minute. And then you've got kind of black swan events like we had in COVID, yeah? Right. Um, but, but even in COVID, okay, even in the COVID crash, okay, we accumulated for 18 weeks. Hmm. So we had the dump, but then we went into serious accumulation. So again, I think people are being very premature about calling this the bottom. If it is the bottom, then I think we will begin to see data, as in hard data, um, like institutional, actual institutional buying instead of some bullshit written on Twitter, you know, actual support <laughs> data, something fucking ticking up, okay, rather than my, rather than my body temperature, okay, we will almost certainly revisit the bottom and hold it, because this is typically what happens, yeah, you get like this double tap, yep. and we're going to have to reclaim the 200, that's a hell of a lot to ask for, yeah, Okay, in, in a structure that is bearish, in a market that you, you, you will need to have balls to say right now that this is the bottom. You don't have enough data to, you don't actually have enough data to support it. This is not how markets bottom in cycle lengths. And all you have is hopium. Um, it can turn into the bottom. Okay, so again, I'm not, not suggesting, but it can turn into the bottom, no doubt. But this is a, you know, you're gambling if you're calling this the bottom right now, in my opinion. Right. And in fact, yeah. I, I actually think the bottom, personally, is going to be down around 38. Well, let me just pick up on that, Sean. When it does, because I think, I think the consensus is, and Brad, maybe I'm misspeaking for you, but I think we sort of feel like it's moving sideways in this sort of like crabby pattern. And then it's kind of, my gut is, which way does it go out of that pattern? Does it go up or go down? And there's something well, I mean, nagging in me that is that kind of... If you look at that, yeah. um, um, this is not crabbing. This, this, is, this is straight up, yeah? Um, yeah. Let's look at the percentage from the bottom. We're looking, it's up... 30? Um, no, more, more than that. Yeah, way, way more. Yeah. yeah, like 80-something. So this is not crap. No, it's not. You know, this is not an accumulation pattern. This is uh, a lot more like this. This is a lot more like a bear market rally. Uh, it can turn into accumulation. But I think people expecting that this is going to go way up here uh, not really don't have the data to support it or they're looking at the wrong things in the market and not understanding them. Because the other thing I would say is that you look at any cycles, um, actual bottoming cycles, Bitcoin moves first and then alts follow. Sure. Here we have alts leading, which is typically a very bearish signal. Makes sense. It's the liquidity argument. So again, I'm not saying that this cannot form into the bottom. Right. But there's no evidence to support that this is the bottom other than hopium. All of the data, essentially all of the data that you see indicates that this most likely may not be the bottom. I think structurally, I, I can give you where I'm wrong. Okay. Um, I'm wrong if Bitcoin goes, or sorry, if Ethereum goes above 2100. Okay. But I, I would take a bet that, that 
that we won't see 2100 this year, personally. Well, I have taken a bet. I've got a short. I'm not taking a bet. <laughs> Taking a bet against against the market. I, I do have. I'm, a bet. I'm, I'm wrong. If, I'm 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 wrong on this. If Bitcoin, um, as in this is the bottom, then it hits here and it goes down, and, and we enter an accumulation on Bitcoin. That number is thirty three thousand. Um, but I think that this is not. You know, people are comparing it to this. And I'm going, yeah, but this wasn't a cycle bottom. This was just a pump. Yeah, this is just trader games. <clears throat> We need to be looking at cycle bottoms here. Um, and we're also just in bearish patterns, yeah? Yeah. So, again, I'm not looking at the kind of macro in that way. Um, obviously, I'm cognizant of it. I'm cognizant of the strong correlation. Um, but but um, we don't have hold money coming in from institutions. We have trade money playing the game, yeah? Oh, okay. Makes sense. I did see some data recently on that the somebody maybe I have a link in the telegram thing, but there's a lot of the preponderance of buying right now is happening during Wall Street hours, US East Coast time, specifically during bankers hours. And and I was wondering in that little institutional um, line on one of the charts, I'd love to see that zoom in on the last week just to see if that is that purple one. Yeah. If that's ticking up at all at the end, I can't quite see. It's not. And again, okay. This is a different classification. This is, these are companies that are buying for the balance sheet. As Got it. Long-term holders, the people who create a, a, a bull or bear market. Yeah, those people are literally sucking supply off and, and buying. What you see during Wall Street is simply trader games. Yeah, okay. Which, which are of immense interest as a trader on a day-to-day basis yes and absolutely no interest whatsoever in terms of identifying bottoms because these guys are going to be in and out plus minus a few points fair play guys that's what i do as well what most of us do yeah yeah but my, my point is i do think i i think there's in my opinion not advice that you are we're in classic um bear market rally on Bitcoin trap motor because there's no data to support anything of sustainability in this whatsoever. Yeah. And so to uh, the listeners, this is why you trim on the way up. I mean, when I see that last chart that Sean just pointed out showing that 80% rally, basically, I mean, de-risk at this point. Yeah, um, some I, of it. I mean, again, if this is the bottom, obviously everybody wants, you know, the way I would play a bottom is I'm, I'm buying spot at the bottom, yeah? Um, and then I'm, I'm letting that up and then I'm trading against that. That's the way I play. But, but um, if this is the bottom, I think we will only really know in eight weeks. That's my point. Okay. Yeah. I don't. And, and the probability of if this is the bottom, not going back to te- retest the lows is extremely low. So just be careful about aping in. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, again, we can, you know, this correlation that's going on, um, hasn't always existed and, and doesn't mean anything fundamental to Bitcoin. The fundamentals are about the, the people who are buying for, you know, deep cycles or hoovering up lots of Bitcoin. And like you see this accumulation here in this range. Okay. And then price follows. So there's lots of warning flags that this is just a bear market rally. And if it isn't, you will get a bite at the cherry um, as this pulls back. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my only uh, my only thing. But if I was, um, well, if I tell you, you know, I don't have to put a gun to myself. I mean, I'm, I'm heavily short um, in, you know, from, from here, from here, and I'm building a short here. That's my level of confidence on this. I can be wrong. I can lose some money. That's the, that's the nature of the game. But I'm expecting 13.8 on Bitcoin and four to 600 Ethereum. And that's nothing to do with my well-known views on Ethereum. It's what the technicals tell me. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not talking about whether or not you like Ethereum. You're talking about whether or not you think it's going to pull up more from here. So <laughs> Shizzy I, says I, this guy I, is I, awesome. <laughs> he absolutely you don't is. know me, dude. <laughs> Nah, he's he's awesome. Join the Material Indicators Telegram group, and you'll you'll find out what a good guy he is. 
Yeah, or you know, and again, I get because I'm I'm always shilling MI. I've no upside to this. Fucking use the package; it's amazing. Yeah, it it is hard data. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I, I would just be uh, again the, the reason I, I was kind of speaking to you last week, week, Brad, is that you know everybody's getting bullish and and um, and that's normal. And you know, I, I know you guys are looking at fear and greed and and so on. To me. That I, I could tell you what fear and greed is, is. Yeah, price goes up. Yeah, greed increases. Price goes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. About, like, yeah. <laughs> Shizzy, Shizzy asked you if the ETH merge happens the 19th of September and is successful, how could this not be the bottom? I, I, I think you could create an error. I mean, first of all, the market is pricing that it's not going to happen before September the 30th. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, the um, the S uh, contracts from September the 30th until end of December are in backwardization, and that's the market pricing in um, the merge not happening before September the 30th. And again, I don't have no interest in 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 narratives. Okay, I very much work off the data and the charts, and there's nothing in the data and the charts that indicates. As of yet, this is the bottom. It can turn that way. Okay. Um, I don't look at these kind of narratives of, you know, I mean, because I can create equally a great narrative that as soon as, you know, the merge happens, a whole bunch of ETH is unlocked and people dump it. I mean, you, you can, you know, that, that's, that's not what, what the kind of analysis that, that, that I would look at. Normally, narratives tend to be very, very painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's Sean, look, this is the other thing we talked to some of the younger guys about is when you have this experience of running so many cycles or being involved in so many Bitcoin cycles, there is a intuition in there, a gut instinct, or you sort of accumulate this experiential knowledge about how all the other players will play. And so you have insights into their behavior that, you know, new people just don't have yet. So I love the fact that you combine that with sort of a risk uh mitigation strategy so that you don't ever lose your stack so yeah, I mean, that's great you know a great trader podcast i listened to a few years ago you know put it great he said look you can get run over by um you know by a bus on a trade yeah but if you really get run over you never get to trade again okay so <laughs> <laughs> so um you know Buying narratives and, and, and when the market starts to turn bullish with currently no support. This, I'm not saying this isn't the bottom. In my opinion, it's a low probability of being the bottom. But I will adjust my view on whether this is the bottom by what the data tells me in the preceding eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. This pump is no indicative. This pump to me is more indicative of a non-bottom. Yeah than a bottom. If this was actually chopping sideways, I might be go, begin to go, yeah, I give this a few more weeks and, 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 um, and so on. Um, okay, so then the cycle times, is that breeze, that breezy? Okay, so, oh, yeah. so again, this is always a fascinating thing to do with people, which is to look at how long the moves take because I'm just gonna delete all my silly lines um, on, on a chart here because let, this move is comparable to this move, in my opinion, yeah? So let's look at how long it takes to go down from in a way. So there we have, what's that, um, 74 days. So this move from the top to this distribution zone was 72 days. Yeah. Market always gives you way more time than you think it is. The distribution zone was 71 days. Huh. Okay, so this always feels like it happens fast, yeah? Strange right. enough, it never actually does. Um, from here to here was 79 days, and we're currently into accumulation distribution, in my opinion, distribution. But again, you know, okay to be wrong with that. We're only here for 49 days. So I think that if this is the distribution, you know, um, it can end between here and, and the next, you know, two to three weeks, and then you're looking at 10 weeks to reach the bottom. Because that's what these types of moves take. I yeah. consider these very distinct moves um, like this. So accumulation or distribution is your big gamble on, on here. Okay, for me, clearly distribution. 
10 to 12 weeks later, accumulation distribution, and then the move. Uh, now, again, as I said, if we begin to get supporting data and we, we, we begin to chop this range for, you know, uh, for, for two to three months, three months being more likely, I will happily adjust my position, my view of the market. Sure. Um, but right now, I would just urge caution. This is well, not, in my opinion, how cycle bottoms happen. Well, and it makes sense to urge caution when you just pointed out that these things take time anyway. So yeah. it, you're you're not missing it, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole fear is, is everyone thinks, oh my God, it's going to get away from me. I'm going to miss out yeah. on it. But if we're actually in a cycle heading to an all-time high, you're not even close to missing out to uh, out on no, it. If that were the case. You know, yeah. some, sometimes, again, market, because to a lot of people, these things, you know, these painful moves, even in my own, and I, I, I look at the 20th, November 2018 dump, okay, and I can, I'm convinced, okay, in my own head, that that all happened in a day. Yeah? <laughs> in my own head, that all happened in a day. But guess the news, it's like one, two, three, four, five weeks. Damn. But if you ask me, I can remember the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear and very vivid memory. You have way more time than you think you do. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and I think again, that's a really looking, important. Yeah, if you're looking and and just be careful of narratives. You know, you know the usual. Oh, you'll never buy Bitcoin below twenty k again. <laughs> I, whatever. <laughs> it's like I prefer to buy twenty two confirmed than twenty unconfirmed. There you because, go. Because if we're going to 100K, what fucking difference does it make? Well, and look, one of the reasons I love talking to you about this stuff is because you're incredibly pragmatic about it. For you, it's not um, emotional. As much as you love Bitcoin, it, it's not an emotional thing. You, you obviously, in our conversations, you make decisions based on the data in front of you, for the most part. So Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a technical trader, so I'm not particularly interested whether Pulaski is visiting Taiwan or not, or whether, you know... There's going to be six F merges or 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 six F, you know, bloody um, hard forks or not. I, you know, markets tend to be predictive, and this is why people like me who are chartists um, um, tend to focus on the chart and ignore the narrative. Because if something like the merge and so on, um, or a, a change, but you, you will begin to see people positioning for that in the market and, and, and the candles will begin to tell. Now, the exceptions to that are, are black swan events like we had in, you know, in, 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 in you know, um, 2020 or the, the COVID thing. Um, but other than that, you tend to see markets um, be rather predictive. And that prediction the only way that you can do that is, okay, look at the hardcore underlying data with things like the MI group um, or um, the candles tell a pattern, print a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's my view. And, and, you know, you can trade, you know, people can trade anyway, any way they want, obviously. <clears throat> but, um, you know, a couple of things I would say is don't be very careful there. That, that was my main thing. That's awesome. If, if I'm wrong and this is the bottom, I'm not going to be wrong about how long we're going to spend in this range. Nice. Yeah, you, you've all the time in the world. Do not blow your stack on FOMO. That's hey, perfect. John, real quick. You said that the average bottom cycle is about mm -hmm. 20 weeks, right? And you said yeah. that we're about four weeks into this? You I think, think? Uh, roughly, uh, give or take a couple weeks, yeah. Okay. Seven, eight weeks, another 12 weeks, another three months. Yeah. So, you guys, so everybody can be patient here. You know, that, and that's really what I would preach, by the way, is that, yeah. is that, okay, look, if I'm scalping, I'm scalping. That's kind of a different game. But, but you know, what, what are we all, you know, the smart move here, and let me get rid of my predictive error in case it comes back to haunt me. Um, but I've printed lots of those in the MI group. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. the, 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 these kind of opportunities, cycle bottoms, occur once every four years. And here's the beauty of it. Every cycle bottom is higher. Yeah. So this is a good place if you have a fundamental belief in an asset. If you can pick a cycle bottom, that's a really good place to hold a trade, to hold a, a position or to somewhere near the top. Yeah. Um, you will probably make more lower risk returns than you can imagine. Doesn't stop you doing other trading on the side. Sure. Uh, but, but, 
yeah, I, I think that if, if you're, you know, uh, and again, there's no nothing to to indicate that Bitcoin isn't going. I mean, my cycle top, you know, I'm very well known for being a bear, but 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 uh, my cycle top for the next is two twenty five to five hundred. Nice. Uh, once we find the bottom, which people find crazy, and I go, yeah, sure, three k to seventy k was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I bet, and and, look, because, and not financial advice. Just that there, there is no data to support a bottom currently. Structurally, I would suggest that we're in trouble because of the 200 weekly moving average and, and chart structures, and that <clears> another leg down is the more highly probable. And just take your time. Right? Let the let the data print. Yeah, what's the rush? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, a hole rather than a trade. Yeah, trade fucking away, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking, and, you, and when you look at the history, you have plenty of time. You know, um, it's yeah. unlike, it's incredibly unlikely based on the data that this is going to, even if this is the bottom, that it's going to soar to the all time high in the next, you know, eight to weeks. To be honest, if this goes straight up to 30K, I will be even more bearish. <laughs> I, I, I mean that seriously. I mean, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, I get it. I get this it. Is clearly, this is clearly a play. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not a real. This is not a move to stick. This is a move, a trader game rather than a fundamental cycle bottom. Yeah, it's not a naturally occurring cycle thing. Yeah. It is completely being driven. Yeah, I get it. Fabulous. Yeah, hey, I mean that's just great insight, Sean. Thanks. Those man. are phenomenal. Uh and and great, great words of wisdom. Uh yeah. and I think, you know, all of us uh are guilty of looking uh much much closer in than than this. So really I appreciate mean, it. Man, that's awesome. Look at my, my um we had uh Nibble uh Niblet said store your energy in BTC. That's a great battery. <laughs> I think he's talking about your Mining. No, I mean, that, that's the fundamental principle, but, but just from building a renewables thing, the really expensive bit and the dangerous bit as well, because batteries tend to be rather dangerous as batteries. So if you can take them out and effectively what I'm doing is converting energy to Bitcoin. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah absolutely. So you are storing it as a battery. And then James wanted to know if you're buying new or used miners. Um, the current plan is used. We're doing well. I'm doing some like stupid little testing currently on, on how things respond to triggering on and off. Um, you know when there's available power, as in no battery. Um, but the 4600 is the current price. I can buy a new S19 Pro, which is 110 tower ashes. Wow. Uh, but I have no problem buying secondhand mining equipment if, if there's a deal. And again, if what I believe is the most likely outcome we leg down, we might see uh, some more mining equipment um, come onto the market even cheaper. Yeah, I would bet. I would bet so. Bet so, definitely. Sean, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. This was uh, great insights and great, like I said, great words of wisdom for everybody to pay attention to and think about because um, I certainly am guilty of uh, aping in and out. So I appreciate it. Dude, again, like, you know, we all get, as I said, I'm sharing my screen there. Like I've got a one minute candle in the corner. It, <laughs> it gives some significance to price movement. That's completely bullshit. You know, even doubt, it's the old trader saying, even doubt, zoom out. Look at the, look at the week, weeklies, look at the monthlies and put everything into significance. The only thing I have to say, but if I look at my one minute candle there, it looks like we're dumping, you know, we've made yeah. $5. It's meaningless. Exactly. No, and I, I spend most of my time in those because of MTF. So it's definitely something I need to do more often is zoom out. So, well, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate you coming on. We, love, want to bring you back as often as we can. So, you know. Cheers, man. I'm always at the end of the screen. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. All right, buddy. Love that guy. Love that guy. Fucking awesome. He's just great. You learn so much, and every time you talk to him, man. Exactly. He's sharp. No, he's totally sharp. He's fantastic. So, and I love his theme, you know. I didn't really realize, are there, uh, I mean, because I, I think we usually err on the side of caution. Are there really people out there screaming that this is the bottom and we're oh, on yeah. the way up? Okay. Because I'm not on Twitter, so yeah, I don't yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And I love his, I, I kind of have a feeling that, you know, in that short 
that thing that's lingering in his head is short, you know, this correction still to come based upon, you know, it hit really breaking the 200 moving average. It, it sort of seemed like to me was the critical event to him. Um, I wonder if that's a V or is it another like 20 week or what did he say? Eight, 20, yeah, 20 week sideways accumulation, you know, up and down trader game move. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he fully believes, you know, like, like you said, 400 to 600 range. So a blow off wick candle, basically. Yeah. 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 We like so. those. I mean, to me, you power out of those and it's just like, you know, up only. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, because when all those limit orders trigger down there to start buying, it just, and then the bots kick in, it's a stampede. Yeah. Um, and then the short covers come and, you know, it's like all she wrote. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if, narrative of merge hitting that date if it does yeah. drives buying just before and i i think that there will be people that do and i don't know if it's enough to make a difference on the overall price but anyway got to run i got to oh, scramble crap. too man all right, all right great thank job. you everybody sean thank you so much man you're an awesome human being appreciate you coming on um thank you breezy shizzy uh, James and Niblets all for participating today. We love you and appreciate you. Please rate and review us on uh, Apple podcasts, subscribe, click the bell on YouTube. Always feel free to reach out to me. B zero five crypto on Twitter or telegram. Love you guys. Joe, have a great afternoon. We'll catch you later, buddy. You too, man. Have a good one. I'll call you later.